1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As we look back on another big night across the Scottish Premiership The gap at the top stays at five points after a late O winner for Celtic against St Mirren Speaking of late, Rangers eventually beat Dundee 5-0 With traffic delays, flares and then goals for the much maligned Dessers and Lammers And there were big wins for St Johnston, Aberdeen and Hearts as Motherwell's winless run continues. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight, you have Gordon DL and Mark Wilson. Yeah, it was a great midweek football card this week. 18 goals across the country, plenty of drama in there. You mentioned it, flares, kick-off delays, players being taken off the pitch, delays in second half at Fur Park as well. We had a bit of everything, but big wins for Celtic, getting the job done, even if it was late in Rangers. Probably their most impressive Result of the season so far um, And for your team Motherwell Not looking so good Is it Gordon? Well there are no delays tonight We're here Ready to take your calls Looking forward <laughs> to it To hear what the, fa- <laughs> the fans Have got to say Agree with Mark An exciting card last night Plenty of goals Highlighted there 18 goals Rangers scoring Five up at Dens Celtic meant a bit hard For herself, But still getting the valuable Three points And has St Johnston Turned the corner Good question. I love the way he's done that. There, he just left it hanging. 01419511025. So come on down, answer the man's questions if you can. What did you make of last night? I love it. We've got a busy midweek card. No shortage of talking points. Celtic fans, you did leave it late. It was O that got the winner. How good will that be for him? Can this be a bit of a turning point for him? Is it the type of performance that that worries you and makes you think that dropped points could be a possibility in the near future or is it one of them that's what champions do dig it out when you're not at your best all that sort of stuff Rangers fans um, once you eventually got there uh, what did you make of last night five different scorers some of the guys that have been getting major criticism in amongst the goals as well so what did you take away from that victory at the Scott Foam Stadium yeah, yeah. You called yeah, just to make sure the Scott Foam Stadium. Just to make sure yeah, you're keeping down, right, up to speed. Uh, Motherwell fans, might be nice to hear from you after a promising start to the season. There were forgiveness um, made for defeats against like Rangers and Celtic, but is it starting to get a bit of a concern? Do let us know. Any St Johnson fans out there? Talk about a new manager or a no manager bounce. My goodness, two goals up within a matter of minutes. Uh, and getting a much needed victory last night Anything else that's out there Pick up that phone 01419511025 To whet your appetite We don't often do this on a Thursday It's usually a Monday But why not? What was your result of the night? My result has got to be St Johnson You know, going through a tough time Looks like they were getting a wee bit detached This early on in the season They've obviously um, parted company with Stephen McLean and it was up to the players to respond. Now, the start they got off to is absolutely terrific. It obviously helps when you go one up inside the first minute. But then Nicky Clark adding a second. But then showing the, the kind of steel to get the job done when they go down to 10 men. So, for me, result of the evening. I'm going to go for the Dons. Um, I know Motherwell's not been in great form, but to go to Fair Park, score four... Uh, Leaps frogs them into the top six. Confidence booster before the semi final against Tibbs at the weekend. 
He sounds quiet, doesn't he? By the way, what's up with what's up with your mic? I think he's probably 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 I thought it was my headphones. Testing one two. What was your goal of the evening? Make yours quick because we can't listen to you when you're that quiet. Shout it. My goal was <laughs> Lammers. People's uh, turning down the radio now. Someone that certainly needed a goal, and I've got to oh, say, good finish. Uh, it was fantastic. A fantastic goal. Takes on his left foot, gives Trevor Carson absolutely no chance. A goal that will do him no harm whatsoever. He was delighted. So was his teammates. So Sam Lammers for me. Well, yeah, terrific goal that was. But David Turnbull ran him close. Oh, yeah. Brilliant strike, very David Turnbull-esque that one. Um, got the ball at his feet, hit with a lace, he's about to dip into the top corner and, and did you notice the celebration after it? Shows it maybe a wee bit frustration there from some of the stick he's getting from some sections which I think is unwarranted sometimes and that's the best way to respond to it, putting it in the top corner. Okay, howler of the evening, that's more interesting. <laughs> Yeah, we can't share a no. mic. <laughs> yeah. We've just got a bit of info in our ears here that we have to share a mic. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we spent all the money and the lights in the studio. Here we go. What one do you, right or left? Um, howler of the night, I've got to give it to a Dundee goalkeeper, Trevor Carson. Um, I didn't think he had many chances with the rest of the goals, but for the first goal, Come on, keeper, what are you doing? But all credit to Ryan Jack, following it up, right position, gets the first goal and sets Rangers off to a very comfortable victory. I'm going to stay at Dens Park, the Rangers fans, for the the display, the pyrotechnic display that put a further delay or took the players off the pitch. There's one thing I think adding colour to a support base and adding colour to the game but when it's that extreme that I think Tony Doherty was right, that players are taken off the pitch and the police then take control of the situation, that's when it's went too far. Top man, top performer of the night, who are we giving it to? Uh, look, a guy that's had very little game time coming in for a bit of stick recently, but he popped up when it mattered for his team last night. Oh, for Celtic. Thought, great first touch, great through ball from home, by the way. Great first touch and what a finish to get his first goal of the season and get Celtic to three points. Over to you. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go for another lad that um, deserves it. He's been out for a long time. He came back at the weekend there. Important player if St Johnston are going to go off the foot of the table. Nicky Clark, two quick-fire goals. Absolutely brilliant to see him back. So for a brace last night, and so important for the three points as well for his team, Nicky Clark for me. Good shouts all round. Right, 01419511025. What do you make of last night's action? Give us a call, just like Billy... Has done, Billy, from a Rangers perspective, how pleasing was that win last night? Uh, the win was absolutely fantastic. Thank, oh, sorry, thanks for letting me on the show. And I uh, hope everybody's doing okay. Good, thank um, you. From from the actual game, I, I think Lammers' goal was absolutely superb. And uh, I want to get a wee mention out to Lundstrom as well. I think Lundstrom played absolutely brilliant last night. We will um, not know until... Time passes Whether that's any sort of Turning point for Sam Lammers I suppose all you can say Specifically on that Doesn't exactly look like The type of goal From a guy that's Struggling with confidence Although he, ha- he has hit A lot of shots this season That was part of the The issue It was a lot of shots With not a lot of goal uh, Returns So um, Can that be I th- a, 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 a start The start of a turning point 100% a 100% You've got to start somewhere um, I've got to say Billy's right About Lundstrom I thought he was 
brilliant last night. Probably one of the best games this season, if not the best. I thought he controlled the middle of the park. I thought it was a big night for quite a few of the Rangers players. Danilo, for instance, um, if he probably boots on the right feet, he'd have probably scored three or four. Lammers gets a goal. Dessers comes off the bench, gets a goal as well. So if you look at that overall performance, uh, clean sheet away to Dundee, who a lot of people are are talking highly of. Um, they cruised last night as far as I was concerned. And I think there was a lot, a lot of good performances. But I totally go with Billy here. I thought Lundstrom, and I've given him some criticism in the past, but uh, I thought last night it was terrific. Terrific result. It always helps when you get a, an early goal. I think in that situation, that just eases nerves. Uh, and Rangers obviously took on to the next level. Um, Lundstrom, a character that probably divides the Rangers fans. You know, for one, it had such a good season through the tail end of that European campaign a few seasons ago, completely off the boil last year. He has to rebuild his career under Clement, and last night's performance will do him no harm. He's starting to get excited, optimistic about Rangers' chances, Billy, or have you just taken it sort of a bit more patiently? How, how are you feeling overall? Um, personally, myself, I'm taking it patiently. But um, the other point I want to bring in is all that carry on last night with the Rangers fans. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. Seriously. I mean, Celtic took the, the bull with the horns as far as I'm concerned with the Green Brigade. And I think it's at the time Rangers done the same thing. Because that that last night was absolutely disgusting. As a, as a Rangers fan, I was disgusted by it. I wasn't too happy with the Rangers team. I thought they would have been up a lot earlier because there was a lot of weather warnings and, you know, put it in place. So I thought they'd be up there a lot sooner. But all the delays and all the rest of it. And uh, I think it's just... And now, listen to, the, listen to the, uh, Clyde One. I believe Police Scotland have been talking to the SFPL or whatever it is. You know, and they're, they're actually engaged in it now as well. And I know there's going to be a fine coming for Rangers. It's absolutely... I just can't understand. Um, I'm actually not sure there will be as such. I mean, SPFL treat these things a bit differently to say UEFA as an example. But you're right, the government are going to meet with league bosses, please Scotland, discuss pyrotechnic use in general in Scottish football. Um, this will kind of read its head every now and then because, let's be honest, you, you see this all the time now. You know, this is now... Not, it's not as if, like, well, that club sometimes uses pyrotechnics in that club occasionally does it pretty much a section of every fan base does it there's clearly an appetite for it is there a what's the difference here is it just the sheer volume of it is it the fact that for the first time it led to the game being stopped is that is that what separates this I I think when the police get involved Gordon that's where you've got to probably look at this look I'm all for football for me for supporters is about atmosphere and the players will tell you, Mark's played the game a long time in. There's nothing better. You're running out in that tunnel and you've got a terrific atmosphere. You've got a great support there backing you. Now, we're all for that, but there's there's a fine line. Last- you, you can, I'm not, not speaking out of turn, but you know we were discussing it in the office and you said, it, looked, it looks pretty good. But obviously that there's more there's more to it yeah, than but, that quite but, clearly. But it does, and I've got to admit, when I looked at it, I thought that was very impressive. But when it leads on, and what... What you're forgetting here is for the Rangers supporters, 
It's actually affecting their own team. Okay, didn't last night because you would say, well, we won 5-0. But they've already had a delay because of traffic. They then have to do a quick warm-up, get themselves prepared. They're on the pitch. They're back off it again. So even the Rangers manager's come out and spoken. Now, he appreciates the backing of the Rangers fans. Same well as Celtic appreciate the backing of the Green Brigade. But you've got to be have a fine line. And the police stepped in last night. The referee had... Uh, no, no, no um, choice. Choice, uh, but to take the players off the pitch because there was a safety issue. So they've got to be a fine line for where the atmosphere is. I don't want to be sitting here saying, "Well, you've got to sit there, cross your arms, and just watch a football game." That's not what football's about. That is from the atmosphere. It's a, what they call the twelfth man. We've heard it a million times before. But there's a fine line where you go with it. I think. There's a genuine safety concern here for supporters. So never mind the players and disrupting them. That that is bad enough when you're you're focused on getting a, a positive outcome. But the fans who don't have flares, what about them? Does anybody ever think about them who are being surrounded by the ones that manage to to light these things up? And there is a genuine safety concern. It's why they're not allowed in stadiums. There is a reason. It's not because the SFA or the SPFL just want to be killjoys and don't want any colour in their game. It's because the safety of officers obviously don't think there is a safe way of conducting this. Now, people is that, smuggle is that, them in. Is that discussion worth having? You know, if you acknowledge that clearly there's a, there's a, there is a massive appetite yeah. for it for a lot of people, you know, it can improve atmosphere, improve the spectacle. Is it worth having that that communication to see if it can be done in a certain way. I think ultimately or... it will come down to that. But how, how do you how do you make something that is dangerous, does carry heat and and does billow out smoke to people who who might have respiratory problems in the crowd? You don't agree there is people that could have that in the crowd? No, absolutely. But I think you know you see sort of widespread pyrotechnic use across the world of football, don't you? Then just wonder if there's a, a way of. Um, but because I mean, I you, think, I'm sure you would admit are, you're not an expert all... on the temperature or the whatever of it. Listen, I'm not an expert, but in my previous role, I did some work with Police Scotland who concentrate solely on that division and and how to control that. So they've they've certainly enlightened me to some extent of the dangers and some of the incidents that's happened in and around stadiums with these pyrotechnics being dropped at people's feet for elderly people having to move away for the fear of. Uh, obviously having breathing difficulties. So there are issues there. I get that it looks colourful, but when it's at the detriment of your own support base, mm. remember, your own fan base, then surely there's got to be an ounce of common sense. Well, and how, the volume last saying, night how, was how the thing. That, how does that work? Because as we've said, like every club, I think, I think I've seen them at some point in every stadium in the mm. top flight in Scotland. I'd be amazed if I hadn't. So, so what do you do? And you're right, they are banned at the moment. Yeah. And that's doing absolutely nothing. So, how, so what do you do? But do we see them? Are they in England? No. Um, the biggest league in the world? The most watched league in the world? I would say probably so do, do at times, do, yeah. do we need them? What? No, but that's not the question. How do you get rid of it then? Because you're saying they're not allowed well, just now, but you well, see them it's everywhere. The, it's the same. I mean, we got ready... Alcohol consumption, I suppose, to a large extent. Oh, you've not been in an in away end no, for a while. Mm. I, said to a, I said to a large <laughs> extent. The volume last night was a problem. Of course, we're always going to see but then fans. that's difficult, isn't it? What do you do? Okay, well, you know, 
100 of you had allowed to bring a flare but not 200 well listen there's got to be some way now if it's listen I don't think clubs have got the resources to stop and search every fan that's going I think that's impossible please not either well of course but until due to the fan uh, going uh, experience until, so what happens do we just let fans in with, with anything that can endanger people that's I what I said some sort of progressive discussion I, listen I of course I there has to be a discussion I think messages coming from the you know, the people that are running Rangers, the Rangers manager talking about it as well. Yeah, I don't think you can stop anything nowadays, Gordon, to be quite honest with you. But you're just hoping that for you going and supporting a team, uh, you'll have that bit of common sense, you'll have that bit of respect. Um, I know it's a big, big ask, of course it is, because some people don't bother with, with that. But when your club's coming out and the manager's coming out and, you know, you're just hopeful that it does hit through a bigger percentage of the mm. of the people. Let's hear what Philippe Clement had to say on it since Billy brought it up. I hope not that the club face uh, sanctions, but you come here in the warm-up, the stand is full, everybody's chanting, supporting the players, giving a lot of energy already in the warm-up. Those are very important things. We feel also that this dynamic between fans and players is changing and it's because of both sides. Supporters are positive to the players, players are doing the right things on the pitch. So those things we need to continue doing and not the pyro things because going inside is not a good thing. We started the game right directly with good pressing of Danilo and, and, and you, you put pressure on Dundee and you can break the rhythm of the team like that. It's good that the, the team started bright again but I think everybody will understand it's it's really good to have this support, this, all these songs. I love it, all this energy. But keep the fire outside of the stadium. 0141 That's the number Billy dialed. You could join us next and please do. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. <laughs> Gordon Diel and Mark Wilson are here looking back on last night's action. Keep your thoughts coming in. David is a Rangers fan. How pleased were you with what you saw on the scoreboard last night, David? Well, to be honest, guys, I think uh, this, when, the, when, when the, the, the line-up came out, I, I was a wee bit kind of worried because... It, it sounded more kind of defensive, um, to be honest, when you've got Jack and Instrument and all that on the park. And I was wondering where the creativity was going to come from. But I think they were superb from start to finish. They were just... I mean, Danilo could have had five. Rangers could have had ten. It was great. It was also, I think it was great for Lammers and Dessers to get a goal, take a wee bit of the stress off them. But I just think all over the park, Rangers are just... I mean, it's too early to say with, with the manager coming in, but I think they're starting to play football. They're starting to seem to be enjoying their football as well on the part. They seem to be playing as a team and just playing well and getting results. Yeah, I'm not sure many would have predicted a 5-0 away mm. at Dundee, given the fact that Rangers are in this you know period under the new manager. There has still been a level of criticism. Dundee have actually taken to life in the top flight really well. Um, so, like I say, I don't think many people saw the 5-0 coming. Yeah, um, I thought it was a, a very, very good performance indeed. The one thing I noticed about Rangers last night, I thought they looked a bit sharper 
Obviously the confidence of getting the first goal and getting it so early. Um, as I say, Lundstrom in the middle of the park I thought was absolutely outstanding last night. Um, but the rest of them all played their part as well and even the subs come on, which is pleasing, makes a big impact. And when you see guys like Sam Lammers who's come in for a difficult time at Ibrox since he joined, getting that terrific goal last night, confidence booster, Dessar's big talking point as well, comes on, plays his part, gets his goal. I, I totally agree with David. I thought Danilo put himself into some terrific um, positions last night and some of it, I'm going to be a bit negative, it was very poor finishing. He should have done a lot better. But I just think that Rangers last night, and that performance was excellent. Clean sheet as well. You've got to take that into consideration. Look, the manager's just in the door. I'm not going to get carried away and say that they're world beaters yet. I still think there's a lot of work to be done. Um, but progress, especially from last night, they've got to carry that on. They've got a great opportunity to get into a final at the weekend against a Hearts team that got a late winner against Livingston last night. So they'll get into that game firm favourites. But it looks like a team now that some of them are looking over their shoulders thinking, we need to start really fighting for our places here or start fighting to stay at Rangers with this manager. Impressed with that result and win last night, Mark? Certainly, because I think what you said about Dundee, they're, they're finding their feet in this division, but sh have shown that they're a difficult team to beat. Not necessarily they keep a lot of clean sheets, but they, they hang in games and they'll more often not get a point. Um, so it was a, a tricky fixture written all over it, particularly when you you arrive late and your pre-match setup is is disrupted. So again, you need to go over that. But, you know, the goal scorers... Um, the chances they created does is right. I mean, it could have been a lot more than five. But if you look at since Clements came in, uh, 11 goals for, one against and, and four games. I think if you gave any Rangers fan that when he was announced, they would have bit your hand off. Now, I think the, the performances within that, within the games, um, maybe could do with being improved a bit. But I think that will come. But I think that is right. Individually, the players are certainly... Come on, it's getting a better tune out of those than than Michael Beale did. David is, is Danilo clearly kind of showing that he's the first choice striker, and then maybe that takes a bit of the the burden, the pressure off Dessers, and he can come on and score like he did last night. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think Danilo shows that he he should be number one striker. He should be his choice. Uh, okay, you can think you can say okay, it was only Dundee, but Dundee have been in a great spell recently. They've, they've been playing really well. But as I say, he could have had six. I think it's really good. And also, I would like to say Balogun had a great game. I think, I think considering it's his first game for a while, he, he him and Golson had a great partnership at the back. Yeah, Matondo tweeted that as well. Give a shout out. Balogun hasn't played in a while. Came in, strolled it. Great run out of defence. I'll tell you another one I give goal. past marks to. I thought I was quite impressed with. with Yilmaz down the left-hand side. Um, I just thought Rangers played as a, a unit last night. I, th I, they, I, I totally agree. I, I couldn't look at one player and think, well, they were off par. Um, I thought they were excellent from the, the word go. Uh, Danilo's all-round game was very good last night. I was very impressed with his pressing from the front. Uh, he's working as a team player. He got into some great positions, should have scored more goals as we highlighted. Um, but I, I do agree with what David's saying there, the fact that, look... I'm not being disrespectful. Mm. It is Dundee. I'd expect Rangers to win that. But 
They've got a big, big game at the weekend and they'll probably get in there with a lot of confidence after that performance. Thank you to David. What about the Celtic side of things from last night? Stephen is in Coke Bridge. How relieved? Is that is that the right emotion, Stephen, when O smashed that one home? Was it relief? Oh, right. Just about to deliver oh, some radio tunnel. gold just as he's heading in the clay to the Clyde Tunnel. Unbelievable, mm. honestly. Um... What do you make of last night from a Celtic perspective, Mark? Who else we get, Stephen? Um, I thought for the the ones that came in, um, they made an impression. David Turnbull's been given an opportunity again because Hatati's out the side and Bernardo. Well, Brendan Rodgers, you know, not confident enough to put him back in. And you have to grasp your opportunity when you get those situations. Now he scores a terrific goal. Okay, misses a penalty. That, that could happen, you know. But it showed that he's more than capable. Playing in that side and is that Hatati and Turnbull back to back penalties off the post? Did he? Have, was it the post? Yeah, 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 yeah. He did. So you know, I guess Celtic fans want stellar performances every time somebody takes the field. And when you're David Turnbull coming in and it, it probably frustrates you that you're not getting a lot of game time. But when he he makes a start, I think he more often not contributes. But oh, I was I was delighted for O because he's not getting a lot of minutes. Um, he's had to be patient in Kyogo he's getting overlooked for big games but he comes on and scores when they really needed it uh, they created plenty of chances but they just needed somebody to put the ball in the back of the net but credit to St Mirren they were, I thought they were decent as well on the night I don't know where Stephen is because he genuinely I was joking he did tell the producer he was in and around the Clyde, Clyde Tunnel, tunnel. Was yeah. he? seriously so um, Kevin is nowhere near the Clyde Tunnel what did you take away from last night Kevin? Uh, how you doing guys you alright? good 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 um I, I, I took away. I, I, listen, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a classic Celtic performance, but uh, the manager made some key changes. So it was always, it was never going to be uh, that consistency that we've shown uh, the past uh, couple of months. Because obviously you're bringing a lot of new bodies back in. David Turnbull's Turnbull, for example, could back in for the cold. My doesn't have a present. He was he was left out. James Forrest was brought in. So. Carter Vickers was out so there's a lot of changes so overall I thought we did not too bad I don't think we started the game very well um, I thought it was kind of slow uh, really poor goal we lose as well although it was a great cross and great finish but from a Celtic perspective it was uh, a poor goal uh, we got a brilliant second unlucky with the, <coughs> unlucky with the penalty uh, and we managed to snatch the winner you know 7-8 minutes of time but um I was overall I was happy, happy with the three points. I mean, it was it's a mid midweek game uh, against uh, Stuffy and Mernside. The St Mernside who were really good on the night as well. Give him credit because I thought the manager got the got his tactics spot on. Uh, I thought he played really well uh, and they made for a made for a cracking game. But I was really impressed with Yang when he came on. Um, he he showed in fits and starts the glimpses of what he could do, but. He got half an hour last night, just had half an hour, and he was superb for the, the full half hour. He was brilliant when he came on, so that was a, that was a big, big plus. Uh, Odin Thiago home, I thought he was really good when he came on as well. So there was a, quite a good there's a, a couple of good plus points for us last night. We got the three points. It's a midweek game out of the way. And we, we, move on, we move on to the next one now, mate. What did you, how do you feel about O generally, Kevin? And, you know, and obviously through the lens of last night. Listen, I've been on here a few times and I've, I've told you he's, um, he's a work in progress. He is nowhere near a replacement for, for Kyogo. Um, in January, I'm going to 
I'm going to put my neck in the line and say Brendan Rodgers and the board have already identified a couple of targets that they've got to bring in early on in January to push Kyogo because they're going to need it because obviously he's away to the, is it the, 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 Asia, the Asian Cup or whatever it is it's called so he's away there and we need another top quality striker in always got potential to be a really good striker um, he's a good young player but he's He's no, he's not going to be a direct. Not that it would be easy, not be easy to be one, but he's not going to be a replacement for for Kyogo. There's going to, there's going to have to be somebody that is ready to come in and uh, bang in goals straight away. And I think O's still a, a work in progress, but he has a good young talent. He has a good job. He works really hard. I suppose then O has between now and January to just keep doing what he did last night. Yeah. Um, if you accept then that he's not going to. Replace Kyogo. He's not going to start a game ahead of Kyogo, and I know this is a. It must be a tough ask. You guys know much better than me, but he's just going to have to do that when he comes on. Then he's going to have to make that that type of impact, and then maybe when it gets to January, I'm not saying he will change Brendan Rodgers' mind entirely, but maybe the the so called need for another striker will look a bit different. Football changes very quickly. Um, I've said for day one, I see something in O. I really do. Uh, I totally agree. I think Kevin summed it up there. Uh, I, th- I do think he's work in progress uh, but I think given a run of games I don't think he'll let anyone down he's young he's just um, getting adapted to our sort of football he's not had a lot of game time especially from the start which any player will tell you it's very difficult sometimes coming on uh, to a game and everybody's got their eyes on you because you're the centre forward go and change it go and score a goal go and get the winner he achieved that last night and I was delighted for him because I think he's a boy that works very hard at his game. Um, he is a bit away from just being in there as a replacement to Kyogo, but I looked at the Celtic performance last night in the first half. I don't think... It wasn't a performance I looked at and thought, they're struggling here. They lost a terrible goal, right? A ter- And give credit to St Mirren. McMenamin, I think it was, get the header in between uh, Taylor and Scales. But for Celtic, it was terrible. And that's one thing I think Celtic will do. They'll give you up a goal. But see the rest of it, the first half. I thought some of my football they played was very good. They dominated the the game. They made some nice uh, passes, runs, movements. And then Turnbull gets an absolute stunner of a goal. Probably should have uh, creased the lead with the penalty kick. Uh, The goalkeeper had a great double save. I think it was Palmer come in and uh, the goalkeeper had a great save from it. But... I just thought Celtic looked in control of that as much as you can look at the result they had to wait till later on to get the three points but I've got to say I was I think it was a a gate I think it was a a night for the guys that have come in under scrutiny you know you look at oh people have questioned him he comes on last night gets the winner you look up at Dens Park people have questioned Lammer Dessers Danilo they all chip in with a goal so maybe the turning of the tide Thank you Kevin what about Paul and Castlemilk what have you got for us Paul? All right, guys, how you doing? Good, you? Aye, good, good. Um, it was regarding, um, I seen David Turnbull's celebration. I was at the game last night, so I didn't see celebration at post, but I seen it today on social media and stuff. But he kind of let himself down. He's scoring for 30 yards, aye, but then he's missing for 12. That was his chance to be the big game player and silence people like maybe myself, because we were biting our nails up until we came on and so do you know what I mean? So, what, you got a problem with the celebration? Well, if he's pointing at fans, aye, then, because 
that was his chance to beat to silences and be the big game player. Barry, that penalty because he, he went the right way. You know what I mean? He hit the post, didn't he? He missed the target. It was it was a good penalty, but it was maybe a couple of inches to to the right. You know what I mean? I must admit, this is where you two come into your old guy. I'm fascinated by this stuff. You know, where a player is under all sorts of kind of pressures and stress, and well mm. aware that there are a lot of critics. And Celtic fans whinging every time they see him in the starting lineup. I think he had a shot over the bar or something just before it, and there was mm-hmm. a kind of groans or jeers or whatever. Scores a goal, sticks his finger in his ear. Who cares? I mean, mm-hmm. I do take Paul's point. Obviously, like it, it would have been better if he can back that up by scoring the penalty. But I'm surprised at the level of analysis to two fingers, one in each ear. I must say. Well, it's just petty, you know, from the fans. They're they're quick enough to give stick, but when a player who has feelings himself and doesn't go on the pitch to to perform badly, is going through a rough time, then they're entitled to feel that the support's behind them. And if David Turnbull didn't think that was the case, then I think it's only right that he's he's signalling that he's maybe, you know, blocked a lot of it out to, to get to the moment that he was in last night. And he's a terrific player. How many times has he popped up with goals like that? Now, <laughs> Paul's having a go at him for the penalty. You can label that every single player who missed a penalty. World class players miss penalties, but Turnbull, like I'm, I'm surprised at the the level of criticism he gets. I think when called upon, he's done a fine job for Celtic since he's signed. Scored some outstanding goals. Last night was another, and it was just frustration from him. Just, just a wee sign saying, you know, I don't appreciate some of the stick I'm getting here. I think this player's done a. A lot worse than David Turnbull's done in a Celtic shirt and, and don't get doesn't get the criticism that he gets. So I think there's nothing wrong with that, just showing that wee bit. I think that sums it up with um, Paul coming on. That, that shows you that you're still a bit to go to turn the supporters round that are doubting you. Um, I'd have probably not put my fingers in my, in my ears, <laughs> to be honest. Where would you put your fingers? A lot worse. Um, I thought I, I'm agreeing with Mark. I'm a I'm a Turnbull fan. Um, is he better than Hatati? Probably Hatati's uh, the main man. Of course he is. But when he's called upon, he's got everything in his locker. This guy. Uh, okay, he lacks just that. Maybe that burst that that you know very quick burst of pace that a lot of players lack. But game intelligence, the, um, you know, shots from outside the box, goals, headers. Set plays. He's got absolutely ever. He scored last night. Some David Turnbull up. He's been. Do- he done that at Motherwell uh, since he was a young kid. He's done it and achieved it at Celtic Park. But it's just one of those games and players that he has to do it every single week consistently to turn the Celtic fans round. And um, listen. There's nothing up with what he done last night. He's frustrated. Of course, he wants to. He wants the fans to to love him as a player and go out there and do his very best for Celtic. It's been a dream move for him. But David Turnbull's a very talented boy. Just imagine the celebration you could come up with if you won this. Win a quarter of a million pounds tomorrow. You only have to wait until tomorrow as well. We've teamed up with our stations across the UK to bring you this incredible prize, a quarter of a million 
£25,000. Time's running out. Get your entry in now. You could get the call tomorrow, but only if you're in the draw. So text YES to 61025. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. You can enter at Clyde1.com for £2 or call 0330-880-4523 and the calls are charged at a standard rate. It's over 18s only and all the rules for this Bower Media Audio UK competition are on the website. We guarantee every penny paid out to one winner and if it is you, the cash will go straight into your bank account after the call line shut at 5pm tomorrow, the 3rd of November. Jim Atkinson could be calling you. There is no phrase to remember. There's no need to pick up within five rings. It could not be simpler. Text YES to 61025 for your chance to win a quarter of a million pounds. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson, Gordon Diel both here in the studio So give them a call, why don't you? 0141-951-1025 It was quite the night at Dens Park last night Not only uh, the in-match delay that was already discussed in the show uh, But Rangers actually struggling to get there on time um, And I know that one of the previous callers says he thought Rangers could have done more or whatever to get there on time but I think it was just one of these unforeseen things they were already in the city of Dundee but that's how long it, it took um, after an accident let's hear the explanation from Philippe Clement we leave always early that we're at least one hour and a half before the game in the stadium normally one hour 45 so we don't take any risk our kitmen also come before us so they always say if there is trouble on the roads they were here in 20 minutes we drove more than two hours because of an accident. Yeah, that's life. You, you cannot control that. You need to stay calm. You need to stay focused. And all the players did. There was no, no stress or something in the bus. We came here. We had a talk uh, together with, uh, with the coach of Dundee. When to start with the referees. And it was also, everything was, was really correct. So the players were ready. After going inside again, it was, was the same thing. Uh, doesn't mean that you're five minutes in the dressing room that you that you need to use uh, lose your focus. Uh, they need to be winners. So whatever circumstances, whatever hour of the day, whatever pitch, whatever weather conditions, we are everywhere to win games. So that's the mentality I want to see. Two hours on the bus when it mm. took your kit man twenty minutes to make the same journey is a sore one. That be enough to throw you throw you off your game. Well, they're not sitting in a double double decker, are they? They're sitting there in luxury, <laughs> watching TV. I'm, I'm not feeling sorry for them. I didn't suggest you feel sorry Probably for them. Mara, can't, can't be better ideal. seats in Maracliner. You'd need another meal. It can't, you? It can't be ideal. It feed you again. And by the way, it's I'd the same because then the Dundee players, Dundee players have got yeah. a, a delay as well. So it's, I'm not saying it's just about Rangers, but it's um, not ideal, is it? Hugely frustrating, I think, when you're on that bus, you know, if you stayed up the night before in Dundee and then you're travelling, you're just a short period up, you've kind of got that in your mind. It comes part of your individual preparation as well. Uh, so, no, it's no ideal. I, I, I bet you some of the players might have thought that the game might have been in doubt as well, and I mean Dundee players within that as well. So, incredibly difficult to get through that, get focused again, but Rangers managed to do it just nicely, and I think the manager's spot on. He's a lot of the things he says sounds like a winner you know sounds like a guy that's in control mm. let's bring in Derek who's on the line how are you Derek? I'm good thanks thanks for putting me through to the show an absolute pleasure what are you thinking tonight? well I was wanting to talk about the the pyrotechnics up at Dens last night mm -hmm. clearly we cannot put fans at, at risk and that has got to be a priority 
But I think if anyone's honest, they will say it did look absolutely stunning. So it did make me think, um, a group of my pals and myself, every year we do a European football trip. We um, been planning this one for a very long time, and we did our ultimate trip in Argentina, where we took in three games. Now, over there, and I'm sure most of you will have seen them, the clubs set off these flares and sport bombs and pyrotechnics before the game, and it is absolutely stunning. So I was just thinking, anything that makes Scottish football a better spectacle, in my book, is a good thing. So why don't the clubs actually do it? They control it, I say... The Bombardera, what they do, they did smoke bombs, even had blowers to remove all the ticker tape and confetti so the pitch was clear. But it looks absolutely fantastic. So it's just a thought. They do it at, at cup finals, so why not make it more of a spectacle and the clubs actually do it? And possibly that could be a, a solution to the problem. I'll tell you what, Derek and his pals live life. Like, yeah. I like the sound of <laughs> yeah. that. Where are we going this weekend? Argentina, Argentina. to watch some football. Nice Superb. Um, like that does feed into it, Mark, because I think, like you know, we're talking about it earlier. I think it should be quite obvious that this is, if it categorically hundred percent unsafe for everybody, then it's not advisable, right? You you would obviously I think get that, but I think Derek is probably explaining how a lot of people feel. Where it, we do look at times at other countries and go, oh, that looks great, and what a spectacle, and what an atmosphere. Um, is there any sort of way that, that we can marry all that together? By the way, I think Derek hits on some good points here. But if it is to go ahead, if discussions do take place and it can be controlled, of course, if it's a certain section, uh, if certain personnel are are allowed to use these, um, these pyrotechnics, then of course it is. You know, it sounds like what Derek's experienced in Argentina, that they have the full wraparound service to deal with the... The, out, the outpouring of the smoke and, you know, the, the the flares or the smoke bombs when they're left, the heat in them, how they discard them. If all that's taken care of and it's regulated, then of course. But the problem is, isn't it? And at the minute, we've got anybody off the street with any previous background taking these things into grounds and before you know it, you've seen them thrown on pitches, you know, well, well we've already seen it thrown on pitches so how can that enhance your game? What, what kind of spectacle is that mm. for your game when they make their way onto the playing surface? So if it's regulated, if it's looked after, if everybody's in agreement where it could be in the stadium and for those people who do have problems with it are seated away from it, then of course. But the problem is we're a long way away from that. Like, Gordon, this has been on the rise for, for years now. Mm. This, is, this is nothing new. We see it most weekends... Why, why why, today? Why is it a big talking point? Is it because this is the first time that the game has been stopped as a result? You know, there, there was... Un- and I'm not saying that makes it wrong. Ultimately, people can phone in any time they mm. want, but they were as unsafe last night as they were last week and as they were last month and as they were last season. So w- what's happened here? Is that is that why? Is it because it's the first time, or I think certainly one of the first times that the actual football match has been stopped for but, a prolonged time, players have been taken off the pitch. Yeah, and it, and it was the police that, that made that decision last night, Gordon. I think the, I think it set off the fire alarms and that end, which you've then got to act. You can't just say, well, we know what the problem is and we'll carry on uh, for the safety of players, uh, so, sorry, safety of supporters, as the police 
were quite right to do. Mm. They've got to act with the fire lambs. It involves maybe the fire service coming and whatever it may be. Look, I'm all for atmospheres. I thought, as I said to you in the office, when I, when I was sitting watching it, uh, I thought, that's a great spectacle. Spectacle. You know what? You know I've been psychoanalyzing you for years. Do you want me to tell everybody what really happened there? Because I've got you I've honestly I know you yes. more Go than on. I know myself. Go. You panicked at admitting that you somehow managed to watch the game last <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? How <laughs> <laughs> did you watch that? I, we'll I, I was very fortunate. I watched the first half of the Celtic game and my friends. Unbelievable! House. And then anyway, my next right, door we'll neighbour, I watched quickly. the second half. David, I want to give the final word. I want to give the final word to a guy that goes on trips to Argentina rather than a guy that thinks Lanark is a big day out. So, what, what do you think based on what the guys have said back? Yeah, I see. I do think that if if the clubs were to do it on a bigger scale then the novelty for a handful of fans doing it would probably... They're sort of going, you can't compete. If it's done properly, it's done plenty of time before kick-off, so it doesn't interrupt the game, and folk are kept safe. But it does look brilliant, and it does add atmosphere, but as I say, fan safety has got to be paramount. Good man, that was Derek on the line, which takes us nicely up to time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Right, beat the pundit time. Let's see what you're made of. Can you topple Mark Wilson or Gordon DL? Now is your chance and you have to call before seven o'clock. So let's hear you. Tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson and Gordon DL are in the building. They've been studying hard for the last couple of days, preparing for tonight's Beat the Panda, I'm certain. So let's meet the contestant. Hello. How are you, Tommy? All right? Ah, uh, not bad. They usually give you some dramatic music to introduce <laughs> you like a wrestler. I don't know what happened there. He just sneaked in there, didn't he? No, Tommy. It's Tommy's fault. Pretty just underwhelming, what was, Tommy. Uh, what was happening. But anyway, Tommy, how's it going? Ah, uh, not bad. Um, You're a St Mirren tonight. fan, Tommy, is that right? Indeed. Is that, is that a frustrating one last night, Tommy? Because you'll have seen the movie before where you go and get the heavy defeat. Is there something even more frustrating when you're a bit closer? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I think we actually played well at Parkhead last season, both games. Um, so it's a wee bit more frustrating that I suppose it took to the 85th minute for us to, to concede. But they've got a lot of quality they can bring off the bench, can't they? So. One of those nights. I mean, listen, that's where St Mirren have got to now, Mark, isn't it? We said last night it was um, when they got in front. It's not because they were they were in front by the time we left this this studio, and you were thinking it's not <coughs> not an ideal team to to give a head start to. But fair play to Celtic because they hit back quickly, which is probably the key, and then patient until the end. Well, I think St Mirren have been terrific this season. I think you can see they're well coached. They've got good players for their specific positions. Um, of course, if one or two of them get injured, then you maybe struggle. But Stephen Robinson playing some good stuff, home form good. They'll be all right this season. They'll be top six. The real question, Tommy, is can you do what St Mirren failed to do last night and topple one of the giants of Scottish football mm. in Mark Wilson or Gordon DL? Have you played before? Uh, just when I'm listening along right. How usually does it usually do Latin, go? So I'm, set, I'm setting my standard high but <laughs> You usually win Did you say that? Yeah Ah if I'm listening along but oh, We all win when we're yeah, listening yeah, along I win every night uh, when I'm listening I like it I like it I win the chase 
Aye. How much money have you won that chase so far this week? I don't know what I'm doing on this show. Anyway, let's toss the coin. If it's heads, it will be Mark Wilson. If it's tails, it will be Gordon DL. And it is. It's tails. It's Gordon against Tommy. All the best, Tommy. Alright, good luck Remember, right. don't bottle it Let's give Gordon some greatest hits radio to listen to Tommy, you have 30 seconds Just answer as many as you can and pass if you don't know the answer, okay? No problem Your time starts now Who scored Rangers' fourth goal last night? Lammers How many Ballon d'Ors has Lionel Messi won? Eight Name any English player that currently plays for Celtic Joe Hart Which SPFL side uh, used to be known as Meadowbank Thistle? Livingston True or false Kyle Vassell Is the son of Former England striker Darius Vassell False What type of animal Is Kilmarnock's mascot A squirrel Who came before Jim Goodwin As Dundee United manager Liam Fox See that one That he started laughing at I'll just pass in that right Tommy now Tommy is good Tommy's no chance Tommy is good I'm going to put Tommy away here are you ready for this? Yeah, come Your on. time starts now. Who scored Rangers' fourth goal last night? Lammers. How many Ballon d'Ors has Messi won? Eight. Name any English player that plays for Celtic currently. Um, uh, Phillips. Which SPFL side used to be known as Meadowbank Thistle? Uh, Livingston. True or false, Kyle Vassell is the son of former England striker Darius Vassell. 100% true. <laughs> what type of animal is Kilmarnock's mascot? Uh, uh, squirrel Who came before Jim Goodwin As Dundee United manager uh, Liam Fox Have you done enough Tommy uh, I think it was even Stevens But maybe I've lost by one Dude Dude Another one bites the dust Are you confident? Another one just to be clear just let's, one bites the dust. let's set the stall out here Are Dude. you confident? Dude 100% <laughs> See you later Tom <laughs> Hang up mate Okay Um you both went Lammers You were both wrong It was Dessers Who got the fourth For Rangers last night Quite tough Who got um, the fifth? Tavernier penalty wasn't it? Ah oh, so it was um, Lionel Messi Eight Ballon d'Ors <sighs> Boom Tommy got Boom. it as well Did he? Name any English player That plays for Celtic Joe Hart or Nat Phillips You both got it Oh this is good Tom um, Livingston Is the team so it came from Meadowbank Thistle. Was it, was it a merger? Was it was it Ferranti and Ferranti, Meadowbank yeah, Thistle? Yeah, yeah. Did Tom um, get that? He did. Yeah. So three, we're still three. level. Um, we'll come back to the next one. Uh, <laughs> what type of animal is called Marmock's mascot? It is a squirrel. I think we've had that before. Does he not tweet? I think he tweets us. Yeah. Anyway, um, you both got it, and you both got Liam Fox. Came before Jim Goodwin. Oh no, this could be. What a game. Which Tom, means... Tom, listen, I'm not even going to. Uh, uh, forget that music, <laughs> mate. Which means it all comes down <laughs> to the true or false. Kyle Vassell of Kilmarnock is the son of former England striker. Darius Was he Darius or Darius? I was, for some reason, uh, Darius. Anyway, Darius, so. Darius Vassell. Um, what did Tom say? Gordon went true, incidentally. What Tom say? And Tom went false. Oh no! <laughs> oh, do you want to change your mind, Tom? No. Are you sure, it. mate? And the answer is false. <laughs> it's oh. Tommy and Renfrew's done you on the last question. <laughs> well, we made it the last question. Well done to you, Tommy. Lovely stuff. I can't hear Gordon, but in the background, <laughs> oh, he's got a bit quiet, hasn't he? What is that? Six five. I can't believe you said true to that. He's got a bit of quiet. Darius Vassell. I didn't know. Obviously. 
See, to be fair, oh. why do you think that's... Because apparently, I think they are cousins, you know. Ah, uh, the same name. Cousins, but... So, I mean, what's Darius Vassell must be well, about... Darius Vassell must be about 44. <laughs> so, uh, listen, he could have fathered <laughs> Kyle when he was 13. <laughs> it is, but hold on. I don't judge. That sort of stuff happens that does sometimes. Have. It does happen. Uh, I cannot believe I get beat with a five. I can believe it with that answer. <sighs> Tony cheated. He's given the old, he, another did, one bites the dust as well. I know did, that's oh, embarrassing no, for you. I know. Well done. Boom, boom. Dazzler bites the dust. <laughs> <laughs> and the dazzler bites and the dazzler bites the dust. Honestly, that was poor for you. Well done, Tommy. Oh. The sign ball is on its way to Renfrew. Perfect. Right, okay, Tommy. It sounded a wee bit more exciting. <laughs> you just put the champ to bed here. Explain, big man. Aye, okay, big man. Okay, two Tommy. winners in a row. Charlie McGrew um, lost in the tiebreaker last they? night. Yeah, two uh, winners in a row. So what's Charlie like it? He's actually it's a okay. It was a three all, and then it went to to the tiebreaker. So there no, we go. No, the worst. Day, I've just looked down my sheet, and I can see Desert's four, and the scoring. I'd have beat him. No, I'd have drew him. So there poor we go. Show. That's poor. That was poor from you. I'll tell you. That, what is his name? Who? Him at true or false. Vassell Kyle or Darius Vassell Vassell mm-hmm. Oh man should have been out and about a bit earlier Got me a result Anyway <laughs> How are you two finding this new arrangement Because obviously you used to spend two nights a week together You're you're been um, limited to one Visitation Much rights Much custody, better you like Custody has changed Do you look forward to a Wednesday night to seeing me on the Thursday? I do I uh, can't sleep I can't sleep I think we're seeing each other too much Three times a week is so. far too much so You're happy now that it's Anybody will tell you that in a relationship. You need you need your space. Oh, I need mings. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're all right with it? Well, you, okay. you missed him the other night. Though, who, who is on me? It was always Simon said, again. Said. Simon Donnelly. Have yous made up after yeah. the old breaking debacle? Yeah, they're kind of... Are they all right? Sid's forming their own coaching team? Yeah, Sid's okay. He's, he's been talking The only thing is, Sid is he's more polite than you in terms of ridiculing this guy for his ridiculous ways. Have uh-huh. you heard about his latest wardrobe choice? No, <laughs> you uh, you would have loved it on Tuesday night if you had come in here. He's sitting in that office, you know the way he does on that couch, Aye. Lying like a sloth, back, like, like sloth <laughs> on the couch, um, with a a, a Toyota Gillian North Face, like body warmer, like <laughs> Gillian. Toyota. Right? So, so it's got North Face on one side, but a Toyota badge <laughs> on the other side. Right? <laughs> Where have you got up? Well, exactly, and it turns out he went he went into a car dealership. And the salesman was wearing one and he just asked for one. No way. No. That is the worst thing you've ever done. Tommy Scoffalot was standing right and I thought, he looks no bad in that, so I went over to him, right? And I says to him, Tommy Scoffalot, I says, uh, that's quite nice, I'd do for the golf. There you go, Dazzler. The boy gave you a tiger. <laughs> was it in a packet? Or was it just like... So was, I, I did take the tags off it. Was it was the guy it was off. North face, front and back. If you're trying to pick the Toyota badge <laughs> off it, I've coloured that in. You're going to have to get a Sharpie on that. That's, that's disgusting. That goes to show you you can take way. anything for free. Yeah, yeah. Would you not take that for free? A Toyota body warmer? I didn't really know it was a Toyota body warmer. I only seen North face... I didn't know up. what the badge was on the other I side. And I've come in and goes, why are you wearing a Toyota body warmer? He says... What are you talking about? Uh, that's a Toyota. How is it? How is it a Toyota? It's uh, nice, but isn't it? Well, I mean, it's everybody thinks, everybody thinks I'm now driving. <laughs> You're like the guys that wear Harley Davidson stuff, <laughs> drive Harleys. It's fine. Ah. It's, um, 
Toyota. Oh, listen, a wee bit of sponsorship. If anybody's out there, any company, <laughs> any I will Toyota, put, um, I've got plenty of space in the back and the front to put them on my Geely. The popularity of Beat the Pundit. <laughs> Scott and Thomas and Ro- various people are just now telling me the age difference between Darius and Kyle. <laughs> Can't it be much? <laughs> it's not, I is told it thirteen years? Yeah, thirteen. Yeah. Do you not remember Darius Vassell playing? He played for England. He played for Man City. I thought you guys would have been part was of the former, former yeah. players club together. Uh, listen, I wasn't really listening to the question. I thought I'd done enough. I thought I was flying. I really did. I thought mm. I'd told I'll tell you who's away. I'll tell you who's not flying, and that's the second shameless transition like that I've pulled off in the last ten minutes. Um need to mix it up a bit. Motherwell struggling. Stephen is on the line. What's Whoa. happening, Stephen? Where's it going wrong? Um, defensively, I think is the short answer to that. Um, I, I look at the games in isolation. I've seen people online saying that it will now under a bit of pressure. I don't necessarily think that we're getting to the point where we're discussing whether you should be in a job or not yet. That's ludicrous. But what I've tried to do is I've tried to take the games in isolation. I look at St Mirren and the two games against the Old Firm. Ramika Bayless away from being unbeaten in those three games. Look at Livy away, we get down to 10 men. <laughs> got to give Kettlewell the credit against County. Um, he made the changes to, to rescue a point there, but I think the one that he does have to take uh, flag for last night, and we need to get back being solid, because that's what he changed with associated with when they first came in. So is it now a worrying run, Gordon? Because you know the you know close to getting something against Rangers, close to getting something <coughs> against Celtic, possibly deserved, certainly something against St Mirren. Um, but then the Livingston game comes around and don't win that. Almost lost at the weekend. Fine, it's a good comeback, uh, and then a heavy one last night. Like the two goals at the end makes it seem a bit more respectable yeah. in the scoreline. But you know, four 0 down late on at home. Um, uh, is it worrying? Yeah, of course it's worrying. Uh, sliding down that table as well. Um, winning's a habit, and you can get in a bad habit of losing games. Your confidence goes. It's up to the manager now. He'll have a big job this week picking them up, getting them getting them in the right frame of mind. Is it Kilmarnock Rugby Park uh, next game? Very, very difficult. They've come off a sore one last night against St Johnston. So they'll be looking to get back on form as well. I do agree with you. I watched uh, bits of the game last night. Uh, the defending is, is schoolboy for me. Terrible. Um, he's got to sort that out. Um, losing too many goals. I still think there's a slight problem of up front for me. Uh, the last time Stephen was on, he was criticising. I think it was Graham Alexander. I think he was having a go at the Midlay Park. Um, he's now looking at the defence. But you've got to bring everything together as a unit. And that's what was happening with uh, Stuart Kettlewell when he went in at first. He had everybody working as a team. It was a unit. They were all they all knew their jobs. Now, look, I, I agree with him. I don't think he should come under pressure just now. Take into consideration, he lost a guy that scored over 20-odd goals last season. That's, that's nearly impossible to replace. Uh, and that's why Motherwell were so successful. Um, but... I think that is a bit worrying, Gordon. I've got to say, I don't think you can keep going. Oh, we went to Rugby Park and we lost maybe two, two, one, but we we're a bit unlucky. And then they look at the next game. They need to stop this rot and they need to stop it 
very quickly if the manager's got to stay in a job. You know what, like, as you're looking around that Premier League now, they're changing managers left, right and centre. And there's going to be more. And that's what happens in modern-day football. If you go on a bad run, people aren't mm. going to keep talking about what you achieved when you come in at first. It's all about now. And Motherwell fans are very loyal and they know what Stuart Kettlewell achieved when he came in. He was terrific. They will give him a bit more time. But if the results continue, they will certainly turn on him. I suppose, Mark, you know, Stephen references the, the issues maybe up front as well, as well as being solid defensively. Mika Beareth, like, you don't want it to come all down to his fitness and availability, basically. Um, I had a very quick look, so forgive me if I've added it up wrong, but he's only clocked up just, he's not much more than 90 minutes overall. It's, mm -hmm. it's four appearances, but they all add up to, I think, around about 100 and odd minutes. He's got three goals in that mm, time. Yeah. Um, it's, it's quite remarkable. Um, but, that yeah, it now looks like there's starting to be issues at, at both ends of the park. Yeah, yeah, and he has been a big miss because he certainly looks like a player, certainly looks like he can carry the can up front. And I think Daz is right with, with Teal Bear, uh, Wilkinson, Oli Shaw. They're just nowhere near a replacement for Van Veen, where BRF might be if you can get him fitting on the pitch a lot. But yeah, it's at both ends. So the, the amount of goals being conceded and the amount of easy goals, yeah. I think Stuart Keltwell highlighted that I mean, as obviously well. Obviously seven and two home games is quite <sighs> something, does not look it? good for and a team. Not, not against the big two. Yeah, mm -hmm. for a team that looked like they had a solid structure. Now, if you analyse a lot of the goals, there are individual mistakes in there. And sometimes you just go through periods where they all just add up into the one-me period and it collectively looks dreadful. So... Those individual mistakes aren't going to happen every week. You can iron them out. As long as, as a unit, you're tight, uh, kind of reverting back mm. to what he was last season. So I think he'll be well aware what he needs to work on. But Daz is right, you need to stop the rot. What's your fix, Stephen? Are you talking, you know, kind of Callum Butcher? Is it about changing personnel? Is it about just kind of hoping that it's a bit of a phase? Because you look at some of the mistakes that are being made, to be fair, are being made by guys that have been pretty solid and pretty consistent. Yeah, I would, I would change it up slightly. I would put Brody Spencer over his mum, natural position, a right back. Um, I would drop Stephen O'Donnell and I would bring in Georgie Gent and look to get Callum Butcher uh, in the back line. So there's three changes I've made to the back line already. Um, but yeah, we need to get Mika Vera as soon as possible. Um, it's not just what he does himself, I think it's what he does for the players around about him. You look at Connor Wilkinson, he scored two goals this season. Both of them were assisted by Mika Bairdiff. I think if we can get those two fit on the pitch at the same time, because Wilkinson's not the most mobile player. We've seen that last night when he was playing up front himself, one up front. But if you can get Bairdiff to kind of do his running and just allow him to kind of be in the box, then I think we can get some success without having those two up front. So and maybe maybe a 5 3 2. has three goals and two assists mm -hmm. then in around about 100 minutes. That he, is he, not he bad. Look, yeah. I've got to say, every I know that we've not seen a lot of him. He looks a real deal, that kid. He knows how he plays. Been he's, but he, do, yeah, it doesn't need to be more than that. They're just hoping that you know he's going to be fit to start games and, and that'll yeah, fix everything. Right, right now, I think as a manager, you're looking, thinking, well, to solve a problem up front, I, I would be hoping he's fit to start games. Maybe Stevens right. Maybe he can make players round about him play. But I think he can go and get. I think he can go and get you three points as an individual. I think he's that good, the boy. I really do. Unfortunately, he's had a few injuries, but 
he's 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 now turning into a big player, but I totally agree. I watched some of the goals that they're giving away at schoolboy stuff. Thank you, Stephen. 0141951025. We'll give these guys a full time teaser next. Clyde One Super Scoreboards. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It is that time of the night with these two sizable football brains come together to try and answer the question sent in by you, the listener. It's the full time teaser, so let's get the question up and running. The full time teaser with sliding wardrobe solutions East Kilbride. Slat wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride at competitive prices. Thank you to Stephen McCara for sending this in. He wants you to name the seven players that have scored at least a brace in the Scottish League Cup semi final since 2017. It is, of course, League Cup semi final weekend. So, very fitting timing wise. Name seven players that have scored at least a brace in the Scottish League Cup semi final. Since 2017 What are you giving me? Yeah. <coughs> Kyogo No Is it? No Tom Rogic No You two are so confident hold on, hold on. As well. I thought Kyogo scored final. last year Nah um, Semi-final uh, Forrest No McGregor <laughs> No This is going really well Celtic team. At least a brace Least a brace, uh-huh. Edward. Oh, this is this is really tough. It's not how I want the full time teaser to go, where you just shout random mm, names. I thought you'd at least be able to like recall Remember some of them. Some, um, mm. 2017. Hold on. I mean, there's Aye, some Celtic of them are like kind of memorable, them, like uh, um, or maybe in a weird way, I think some of the non Rooney Celtic ones are are more memorable. Because obviously, you know, they kind of stand out as, as being a bit more rare. No, not Sean Rooney either. Come on. This Boyle. Is, this is really poor. Yes, Martin Boyle. See I remember I mean? that. I recall that Memorable against one. Rangers. Yeah, just before ah, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst yes. took over. So he was in see the what stand. we're thinking. Yeah. Try and keep up. Any others? <laughs> Go and give us one. Mm. Quickly. No. Jota. No. Rubbish. Um, on the back inspired, inspired by your new Gilet though, Or body warmer Whatever it's called um, Your old pal Curious Creatures Has sent oh, you some spons- uh, okay. some, some poetry in uh, He says Another sponsor for his jacket I think I know the place The restaurant known as Hooters Below the Dazzler's <laughs> face It has that double meaning Big nose So that would fit Of course the other reason He is a massive Celebrity <laughs> I <laughs> never feel you know, think How does Hooters come into his head When he's well, writing that exactly. as well eh? no. <laughs> Brings up more questions Anyway than let's go to Who's been hanging on the longest Andy is on the line How's it going Andy? No bad God No bad Chris phoned me back here I forgot what I'd actually phoned for At 6 o'clock See that's the thing Everybody phones at 6 And it's like right We'll try and get round As many of you as we can Take it away No it's all good Listen it's just I've been listening to the pro- programme Every night But it's just about A big goal I, I thought his performance Was pretty good last night it's actually annoyed me though uh, in the last few weeks the constant um, when he gets referred to or judged against Giacomacchus Giacomacchus was 28 he'd, be, he'd, played, he'd, he'd had a decent enough career behind him before he came to Celtic he was close to the finished article he just just wasn't as good as Kyogo and, and, and he wasn't willing to be a, a second string player where 
owes very much in development, but he's got a lot of good qualities. And I would suggest by the time he gets to 28, he probably will be better than Marcus. But the, the, the big thing for me, if you don't mind me going on a wee bit here, it's just all the comments from listeners, and to be fair, some pundits, last week after the Atletico Madrid game, there was just this uh, dialogue that because Brendan Rodgers didn't put O on, he didn't fancy him. It's just lazy dialogue, to be fair. In the game, Celtic had to make a change after three minutes. Um, and then we made a, a, a tactical change to make another substitution to bring on Phillips. By making that tactical substitution, you probably need to have two fast strikers. James Forrest can run, run into the channels. So he made the third change. I can guarantee you, well, I can't guarantee, but I, I would suspect that after um, Atletico got a man sent off last week, Brendan Rodgers would give right arm to get on the pitch because uh, Atletico couldn't he came out and only pushing his back. But already made the three substitutions with the three, the, 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 the window, the three windows. So I just think that the last week has been quite disappointing. Go back to something you always say, Gordon, about the polarisation. A player's either rotten or brilliant. There's never an in-between. And I think O's got a, a great future ahead of him and hopefully it's a Celtic. I think the age distinction probably is quite an important one. No one does really... They mention it specifically on O, but they don't mention it in the, in the fact that, you know, Giacomacchus had that in his favour. I suppose they're just bracketed together because they've both been Kyogo's understudy and some people feel one of them has been more effective at it than the other. Um, but uh, is Andy on to something? Maybe a bit more patience required? Well, of course, we'd all like that in football. Everybody would like that from managers to players. They would like patience and they would like to grow in and I guess O would like to sit there at Celtic for the next six years until he's 28 and go, look at me, I, I can score more goals than Jack Marcus. Unfortunately, that's not a reality. That's the price on the ticket that O is the the backup striker now to Kyogo. So he's going to be judged on the same standards as whoever else was the backup striker before him. And I get it's unfair, but that is that is football. He's 22 years old. I'm not talking about a 17-year-old kid. And I hope O comes good. I can see glimpses that Daz clearly sees in him as well. Good finisher, strong. And I sympathise with him a wee bit because I think some of the game time he's got... He relies heavily on his teammates to create something for him. And I don't think he's had many clear-cut chances. So I do sympathise with him in that respect. But, um, you know, Brendan Rodgers, again, I'll go back to it, sees him every day. And he doesn't quite see him at the stage to start him and bring Kyogo on, where I think with Jack and Marcus, might have done that, that was an option. Has Kyogo not, though, maybe even improved to a point though, where that yeah. would be yeah, that would be more difficult to I, do I now? Would even probably even so. Jack and Marcus. I would probably say so. Um, but it's up to O to keep improving and and you know show that he's capable of starting a game and see when he does start a game it's important that he gets a goal it doesn't matter how he plays but gets a goal yeah. we probably shouldn't go overboard on a, a relatively cr- close range finish Gordon you know can mm. see the, the full goal but it, it was was fairly emphatic you know it didn't look like a guy that was Struggling confidence-wise in front of goal, the way that he stuck it away. I thought it was a really good finish. I thought his movement was good as well, Gordon, timing of it. Um, Look, whether O is a success at Celtic or not, I think this lad has got potential, maybe another club, to be a terrific football player. I think he's got a lot in his locker. I like him. I've always said it. I know that people judge him just now with Kyogo. He's, he's a long bit away from it but you've got to give him an opportunity he's just he, he's got to learn the, the, the Scottish game he's got to get a fair crack of the whip but I see something in him I've said for day one I think he's got a lot in his locker that 
a coach like Brendan Rodgers can bring out in him, work with him, and prove him. Um, now, whether he gets the opportunity to keep going with Celtic and maybe they bypass him, bring someone in January, we don't know. But I certainly think somewhere along the line, this guy's got to shine. I think he's got everything going. Here is what Brendan Rodgers had to say about O. It's a great, uh, great finish. Um, and could very easily, a nice little combination with, with Kyogo. And uh, Oden can shoot if he's selfish. But he plays a lovely pass in and the big guy takes his touch and it's a wonderful finish. And I'm really pleased for him because I think with the players that aren't playing so much, you always have to recognise and acknowledge their efforts, which I, I do with them because he looks after his body, his diet and everything is superb, so professional. He looks at his training and he knows that uh, when asked upon, he, he can come in and make an impact and, uh, and what an impact. Um, Andy, what about the performance overall last night? What did you make of it? Well, I, I heard people saying it was, a, it was a bad goal that Celtic lost early doors. I, I thought some men were, I thought some men were decent. I thought it was a very good goal that they scored. Um, maybe skills could have been a bit closer at the cross. But I thought after that, I think Celtic absolutely dominated. Until we scored, we went, went to one up there. Or just before that, I think it was actually. Some moment had probably a half half chance, but... So like played some really decent stuff. Some of the one-touch football inside the box. I mean, Forrest created a, a very good chance for Forrest, and there was other chances, obviously, the penalty. So I think, to be fair, uh, we don't do often enough. I think we maybe need to praise St Mirren for their performance last night. I thought they were very good. And, and by the way, they'll not be far off third place at the end of the season. I, I, I disagree slightly. If, if you're a St Mirren fan, you're saying terrific goal, right? You're taking it from uh, Andy's Celtic view here. I think it's a real bad goal. I really do. Uh, I think it's poor, poor defending. All credit to McMenamin. Gets in between them. Taylor doesn't know what to do. Scales has been caught too far forward. And to lose a goal like that is, is a poor, poor goal for me. But all credit to St Mirren. They'll be delighted with it. I agree. I watched the first half of my neighbour's house and I've got to say, I thought at times they played some really good one-touch football and I wasn't surprised they get back into it. Then they dominated it from there, probably increased the lead by Turnbull missing the penalty kick. Um, I didn't look at that Celtic performance last night and thought they really struggled. At times they played some really attractive fast football for me. Uh, we'll agree to disagree, you two then, Andy and Gordon, on the defending for the goal. That's fine. Let's bring in John, who's in Canvas Lang. How's it going, John? Hey, good evening, Gordon, Gordon, Mark. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Uh, can I quickly just wish my brother a happy 40th this weekend, Andrew? Oh, why not? Happy birthday, uh, Andrew. A big one as well, a special uh, one. He's my wee brother, by the way. Is he having a party? <laughs> Yes, he is. Oh, I'm not going to address him. No, God, Gordon was looking for something to do this weekend. <laughs> that's all it was. Never mind. Um, what about your team last night, John? I'm saying obviously the going forward will be lauded, but I've, I'm like, I was just kind of looking at the was kind of on the same goal difference as the Celtic now, and you, you look at that. That's for defence. We've only had six goals all season, and three of them were that that terrible Aberdeen game, and I think that's done. Uh, obviously, our defence. Doing well, but I think that's done to one man at the back, and that's Jack Button. He's come in and he's the composure and the, the calmness of him behind the defence gives him all they don't need to worry as much. And unfortunately, I think McGregor last year just maybe went one season too many, 
And I feel Buckland coming in, it's just made a difference. I think it's like nine, ten shutouts in the start of the season. And he's just, I mean, sometimes he only has one or two saves to make, but he's phenomenal. And the fact that we've got him, I think he could get back into the England team where he's playing, uh, even the squad, because I'm looking at the other England keepers doing and I'm like, he's as good as them on his day. And I'm just, just, I think we wouldn't have got him if he wasn't playing. And it happened a couple of years ago when we got Defoe in and other players like that. But we, it's Scottish football. We're not going to get people at their peak. But he's come in and he's, he's been a revelation. Yeah, I mean, Gordon, I think it's a stretch to say Jack Butland sort of kept Rangers in this game or whatever mm. and they go on and win so comfortably. But at 2 0, there was that chance. It was yeah. a, a good double save. You just never know. I'm not saying Dundee do go on and get anything, but it's quite a critical moment that where. You know, they do get the lifeline versus you know Rangers going on and running away with it. And that was a good save. The first, du- first and foremost, that's his job. But he's terrific at it. I really like him. I rate him. Uh, I know Michael Beale comes in for a lot of criticism about his signings, but he certainly got that one right in my book. Uh, I think it's been a great signing. Not just the for the fact that him personally keeping clean sheets. He builds that confidence, and Marco Terry, he was a defender, he builds that confidence in the, your back line. If you think as a defender you've made a mistake, you're thinking, I'm hoping my goalkeeper's got to bail me out here. Well, a lot of the times Butland certainly does, and last night I thought his double save was really, really good, Gordon. He's been a real, real fine for Rangers. Um, very good goalkeeper, where he can get back into international uh, setup. I don't know, I think he's concentrating what he can do for Rangers, but... So far, Rangers defensively, and it changed last night again. Uh, Balogun come in. The one thing I did notice was the centre-backs are certainly getting courage to step in and go and play because Balogun in the first half certainly was getting into Dundee um, final third and, and causing problems and confident enough to go forward. So I think it's because they've got that much confidence in what's behind them. The one thing, I think Rangers and years gone by, they've always had a knack of having real good goalkeepers. If you get back, and Button fits into that, no problem at all for me. Terrific. I think he's quickly became Rangers' best signing. I mean, there was a shout for Cantwell, then there was a shout for Raskin, obviously. Um, it's what, like over the last two couple of windows? I, think, I would yeah. say so. I would say so, because each of those players that have come in and, and kind of been lauded with that term have went through their difficulties and there's still a bit of criticism. I think Butland across the board uh, is is getting plaudits from all uh, sections of the, the support. I'm trying to think of a game that he's maybe made a few errors. I, I can't, you know, uh, the goals that he's conceded, don't think many have been his fault, but some outstanding saves and big shoes to fill with Alan McGregor. Rangers goalkeeping situation was in a wee bit of a mess coming to the end of the season. And they needed to get it right And Daz is right Michael Beale should take credit for that one Because a terrific find Fair point well made John thank you very much Enjoy the big birthday bash at the weekend You too however I've got more important business mm. um, Gordon Deal I just saw you glance over at Mark Wilson's paper In a primary um, school fashion <laughs> you got to try and steal one of those I'm not taking any of them Go for it Can you name the last seven players Who've I'll scored at one. least a brace In the Scottish League Cup semi-final Since 2017 So you did So you've given me Martin Boyle Right I I had Tim number four But I'll go for someone else Dembele must have been one Yep Okay I didn't have him Yep Morelos Yes against Hearts in 2019 El (laughs) Yanoussi You stole that one I had El Yanoussi El Yanoussi Yes, on this day I think that one might have been But anyway 
Um, I'm going to throw in a wee one here. I think three, scored a, a brace. Did the captain do it, Scott Brown? Yes. So again, Good thank shit. thank whoever takes you that because there's um, just always one answer that, that gives uh, it away. How can how can somebody text me that when uh, I'm there in front of the audience? Nah. Producer just said to me on my side here, no way you got that. A Scott Brown double yeah. against two. Against two. Can't remember, nah. but it was certainly <laughs> a tip. One of the See the people that text you, tell them to text you a bit more information, then you'll get away with How it. How can something text me my phone sitting there? You're watching. So, I was your luck, right? I'm going to bonus it. A wee bit of luck, I guess. He's got round, didn't even score that many goals, and you've managed to remember that he scored a double in a League I Cup remi- semi final. Yeah, you can't even I, remember who I, it was I, against. I probably was against Hibs. 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 I've got to say, I was probably at the game. I think it was the same as Ilianusi. Same day. They both got, I think, was it 5 2 in the end? Yeah. I was there. Mm, I was not there. sure if you yeah, were because it was a late kickoff. I was at the game because yeah, I, I can remember we were in here because <laughs> I remember sitting next to my colleague saying I can't believe Bruni scored two. <laughs> no, what? you weren't. We because it was a late, it was one of those late ones. It was like yeah. the five kind of five 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 kickoff. No, 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 no. Right. right down for here into Hamden. Boom. Anyway, ah, right. We'll get the rest of the answers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Gordon DL and Mark Wilson. We're asking them to answer Stephen McCarra's full-time teaser that he's sent in. So it's always at this stage of the night we get you to send a question in, see if the pundits can come up with the answers. Usually they can't, and that means you've caught them out really. So Stephen wanted the seven players that have scored at least a brace in the Scottish League Cup semi-final since 2017. You're nearly there um, between the two of you and the guy that was helping Gordon out on the phone, Martin Boyle, Alfredo Morelos, Mohamed El Yunusi, Scott Brown and Moussa Dembele. Got two to get? Yes. Don't look at me, I'm not playing. I'm coming out with great answers and I'm not going to credit. So I'll, I'll give you the credit, partner. No, no, well, if you done. could just back it up, it would be. I mean, you, the, the Scott Brown sure show. Working. You can't you couldn't even tell us who it was against. Well, I, I, think I, I think I was there. You weren't? Was it not? But I was a guest, okay. I'm going to be in some times. What if I guess. told you that Keith Lasley knows it? Yeah, I was going to say, he's not one of the answers, certainly. Um, but knows it and sent in the correct answer. Would that help you in any way? Because he must yeah. have been part of it. St. Martin or Motherwell. <laughs> yes. Oh, played against him. Nothing gets past this guy. Yeah. St. So, Sharp. So who was in the semi final? Motherwell? St. Mirren. We're in the semi final. Were This is not going as well as I'd hoped. No, it must be Motherwell. Did Motherwell right. not reach two finals yeah, in one yeah, season? Yeah, yeah, right, okay. sure. Dad, I, right. the big man up front. No. It's kind of average-sized man, I would say. Way Malt. Way Malt. Against Rangers, remember? He, he's big, isn't lob. Oh, was that Jack 2017? Anik. It was. By the way, I thought that was before well that as well. Well done, Keith. Yeah, well, he was there. I'd like to think he would have got But he got both. What? Has he got both answers? No, he's no, not got that right. other one. Anyway, we'll mm. get back to that before the end. I've heard of the new manager bounce before. Well familiar with the concept. What about Alec Cleland? The interim manager bounce. St. Johnson, three goals all season, heading into last night. Two within six minutes. 
and they get their first league win of the season. Well, I don't think it's a coincidence. We were at an SFA course and he was sitting beside me at my table. He wasn't sitting at your table. Oh, so so you, we were chatting. You gave him some sports of advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, time, to, we had the wee counters out and just moving yeah. them about and saying, I think you should get Nicky Clark into this position. This is true, right? There is, well, obviously that bit's not true, but I went to Alec Clellan's press conference on Monday when he was, you know, looking ahead to the game and he said, the first question, just got very basic, not an award winner. What's the last couple of days been like? And he said, well, actually, I was at an SFA coaching course yesterday um, when I got the phone call and all I could think of was dumb and dumber were at that coaching <laughs> I was, course. I was behind him when he took the call. I swear I was standing right behind him when he I, took the call. You know what? It shows you how quickly football works though because, of course, he was right there. Um, a couple of the guys were just chatting about the previous day's football, about Stephen McLean, of course, his press conference and how you don't often hear that sort of stuff. So at that time, nothing had had uh, progressed. But, you know, we get a short period of time to work with the players and put your ideas in. But he changed the shape, played with two up front, brought Kane back in with Nicky Clark. And they got a result. That's all he can do, you know, while he's in charge. I wonder if he'll throw his hat in the ring for the job but there'll be a long list that will be, want that job it's a good club Charlie Mulgrew was on last yeah, night yeah. saying why not give yeah. give youngsters a chance he's looking for a first well, opportunity well, he's, doing a lot then... of, he's doing a lot of studying in the game Charlie yes he uh, he's working very hard what a, um, so Craig Levine's name being linked I'm surprised at that David Martindale obviously saying that no. as long as he as long as the people at Livy want him to be there I'll be here. Yeah, well, he, the he runs Livy, so it's like yeah. as long as I want me to be here, <laughs> He's a big fool I will Mara. still be here. Do you want me? Just say yes. I like that. I know. Um, Craig Levine apparently in the stands last night um, got a good luck message from his niece Avril, uh, just to, to wish him well <laughs> if he gets the new gig. She's some singer. Should hear her. It's good. I'm missing this. Never mind. Right. Right. Uh, no. Joke in that. Yeah, I remember Hugh Evans <laughs> thought that Craig Levine was Avril oh, Levine's right. uncle. Okay, yeah, so he did. How about your mate? Yeah. Who's my, my mate? Billy. Yeah. No, not interested. That so Cobbett needs listen, so Cobbett needs uh someone to go in and kind of grab hold of it, you know, put a, a real structure in place. Um what's a Cobbett's a wee bit lost after their recent success eh, at the double a couple of years ago. Um but you know, the foundations are there, it just needs somebody to go in and have but a bit is of direction. As the foundations at St Johnson. They're not trying to. They're not trying to sell. sell it. I, but you know, I, I think it'd be it'd be more exciting if someone was in and we're going to take it forward and they've got to take it on and they'd bought the club. I think, I think it'd be a real good project. Um, but look, they got a terrific result last night. Uh, I don't know who their next game is, but you know what? Like it is in this game. Alec Cleland is in charge now. He got a terrific result last night. Great response. If he goes and wins two games, he'll win the job. Six months later, he'll be under pressure. <laughs> no, no game this weekend, so a chance to work and um, things. Take or, or maybe a, pl- yeah. a point of manager. They do play Tuesday night um, against Motherwell. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, an absolutely huge oh. one. I just wonder if they'll move quickly. I, I'm not so sure it'll be an internal appointment. I, I don't mean any disrespect against Alec Cleland, but I think that's that's been tried and tested from St. Johnson in particular throughout the years. I think the fan base would like to see something fresh come in, some new ideas. Um, and like I say, it's a, like it's a Premiership club looking up. They're not detached in the league. There's only three points, am I right, between them and is it Ross County and Livy maybe? Um, so it's all there to play for. 
So it's a good opportunity. Two wins for him probably being the top six. <laughs> that, that's annoying him. <laughs> it's annoying him the the uh, lack of consistency. Two wins would take them yeah. fifth, indeed. Exactly. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a season like that, hasn't it? We're almost at a time. Um, in terms of last night, I think what we haven't got round. If there's something that we've missed, the best way to fix it is by phoning us. But we're probably at a time for that. We can pick up on them tomorrow. Big win for Hearts. Did Stephen Naismith need that? Big time. Yeah. Uh, big time. I've got to say. Look, they dominate it all. All um, credit to them. They did dominate most of the game, which you would expect against Livingston at Tynecastle. But it was all about the result, especially getting into a massive game at the weekend against Rangers at Hamden in the semi-final. So it was a well-needed three points and victory and uh, an interesting game at the weekend. Okay, let's park it there for now because we're almost at the end. Thanks again to Stephen McCarra for sending it in and for sliding wardrobe solutions East Bride. Uh, for helping us out with the full-time teaser. Make sure you get yourself down to Colville's Road and check out their trade counter there. We're looking for the last seven players who've scored at least a brace in the League Cup semi-final since 2017. You've given me Martin Boyle, Alfredo Morelos, uh, Mohamed El Yunusi, Scott Brown, Louis Moult and Moussa Dembele. One more to get. I love the style Do of it. Shannon on Twitter who says... Got it. ...is surely the last answer. Insert name here is surely the last answer. Surely indeed. And is it correct? <laughs> what does it just say? I don't know. You say surely the correct answer. Have you got a name for me? No. Mark you? Wilson. Anything. Give us a clue. Celtic. Un- Scott Sinclair. A very unlikely brace scorer in a Scottish League Cup semi-final. Even more unlikely than Scott Brown that you magically came up with. I'll be a centre half then. Mm, defender. Yeah, a defender certainly, yep. Right, okay, dokie. Mm. Ralston? Nope, it was in 2017 against Hibs. There's a bit of a theme here. I feel like they're all against Hibs. Fullbacks. Fullbacks, Celtic in 2017. Uh, yeah, there you go. On. Pretty easy, clearly. No, the other one. Listig? Yes. Maybe. Mikhail Lister. I never got that. Yeah. Never have got that. Can't remember. Same it. game as Moussa Dembele. Mm. Nah, don't okay. remember that Well, we got there in the end Thank you Mark Wilson Thank you Gordon DL And thank you for listening For calling, for tweeting It was a busy night We probably didn't get round all of last night's talking points But you know where we are tomorrow Andy Halliday set to join Hugh Evans in here on 01419511025 from 6 o'clock And in the meantime You might as well just stay right there Callum Gallagher is up next. Don't forget, you can get the show back wherever you get your podcasts and you can even watch these two in all their glory now on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter by searching Clyde1SSB. Callum's got you next. We'll be back at six tomorrow.